We are very lucky, yeah, to sort of have that ability to even control what we can or cannot eat. Um, so I think empowering is a, is a great word that you can control what you eat. You don't have to um, sort of rely on what you've grown up with or what other people around you are eating. Like it's going into your body. So make sure that, you know, you feel good about what you're, you know, spending money on and, and consuming. Hi everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the Veg Talk podcast. If this is the first time you'll be listening in. I'm stoked to have you here today for this episode with my guest, Eliza Strock. Eliza is the creator of ShaktiFreshEats.com, where she is helping people to create amazing plant-based food in their home that's going to get them through the week through her meal prep service that she now offers. So one of the things that we first saw when switching to a plant-based diet was, you know, having to cook new recipes, come up with new recipes and have a week's worth of food ready so that you're not falling back into old habits or eating out constantly with, you know, very high oil, high salt foods. So that was one thing that we were lucky enough to focus on and, and, and try and get through ourselves. But for a lot of people that might have kids and, and lead busier lives, this is a great service where you've got everything prepared uh, by uh, your own private chef. Uh, and you're ready for the week with nutritious, healthy meals. So I'd advise to go and check her out or, you know, recommend to a friend if, if you think they would be able to benefit from Eliza's service. She's also offering a private home cooking service for parties and events. In addition to that, uh, some consultancy work as well. So this conversation is a deep dive into Eliza's personal story from growing up just outside of Boston to having a relationship with a non-vegan person, her boyfriend Ben, who actually lives back in my hometown of Melbourne, Australia, and you know how we navigate other challenging situations we face in life. She's approached life herself with an open mind and stuck true to her heart throughout the journey, so I really hope you enjoy listening into this episode. I hope you're able to learn some things from Eliza. And please make sure to check her out on Instagram at Shakti Fresh. Hope you enjoy, guys. We'll see you at the other end. All right, Eliza. We're here. We're here. We're here in Chelsea, Massachusetts in our little studio. It's what not a real studio. Be. It's our studio apartment. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for the, the time today. I know you're a, you're a busy human, so you've got lots going on. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, really happy to, to have you on and, yeah, and share your me. story. I'm excited. Thank you. Really pumped. So very recently, this week, I believe, yes. you've had quite a big career update. I'd love yeah. for you to just go into it and let the listeners know what you're doing and um, yeah, how we, can, how we can check you out and possibly get you cooking <laughs> in our kitchen. Yeah. So um, this week, actually a week ago today, I launched my website for my private chef business um, called Shakti Fresh Eats. That's like based off my Instagram. Um, and I offer sort of three different services. The main one being like weekly meal prep. So I come into your house um, with all the groceries shopped for. I've made a meal plan for you and come in, cook everything up, label it, package it, put it away, clean your kitchen. It's like I was never there, but you have all this food in your fridge now. 
Um, so that's sort of like the main thing that people hired me for. And then I also do um, like private parties. So I've done like some housewarmings, um, just like small group dinners, family dinners and stuff like that. Same sort of deal. I'll make a menu, do the groceries, come in, cook everything, leave it for you. Or I can like, you know, serve it throughout the party. Um, and then the third thing, which is sort of a new offering that I like only put on the website actually like a few days before I launched it because my partner said it would be a good idea. And I was like, yeah, that is a really good idea. Um, is sort of like consulting services. So I've taught a workshop before that um, was like intro to veganism and sort of just like gave some tips and tricks to transition to the diet and sort of just some some information about it. Um, so I'm going to offer some consulting services if anybody's interested in transitioning to the diet. I can um, come into their kitchen and sort of like revamp their pantry or their fridge, teach them how to read ingredients on the backs of, um, you know, food, packaged food and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And sort of like set them up for success for transitioning to a plant based diet. So those are sort of the three main things. That's that really cool. Yeah. Really cool. So how did you come up with the name Shakti Fresh? Um, Where did that come from? So I actually came up with it. I was sitting, I was living in the south end of Boston at the time. Um, this was before like I moved to Australia. I was still like teaching in Boston public schools and um, sort of trying to maneuver my way out of that career and into the more like creative food world. Um, and I was sitting on my couch with two of my friends, two of my childhood friends. And I was like, I want to start a food blog you know, what should it be? This is like three, four years ago now. And I wanted it to incorporate like food and yoga and sort of spirituality and like all the things that I love. Um, and so we just started like Googling, I don't know, like yoga phrases. This is like before I did my yoga teacher training. So I was still like, you know, just a student. And um, one of my friends found Shakti and that meant like divine sort of feminine energy and I was like okay that's cool like maybe we can work that in and then um one of my other friends was like okay what if we combine that with like something to do with food and I was just like stumped I couldn't think of anything <laughs> and my friend was like what about fresh like that's a really good way to describe your food and I was like shakti fresh and I kept like saying it over and over and I was like it works guys let's do that and I like didn't think of it really that it would like sort of stem into like my social media identity but I really connect with it and I really like the name a lot and it's sort of just like stuck over time that's cool yeah I know you, I know how you feel like when you're trying to pick a name that you want to run with yeah. for a while yeah it's uh it, it's a commitment in, in the initial phases I feel like it, it always seems n I don't know when you when you first hear it you might like it but then when you hear it over and over again sometimes it can be like oh is it yeah, the right not. is it the mm -hmm. right move yeah but it kind of clicked for you it did I like it it's cool yeah, yeah thanks I felt like it sort of encompassed like what I was trying to cover mm -hmm. in in the blog which was like Tumblr at the time <laughs> you know it wasn't like anything amazing but yeah it just stuck and I I really like it I couldn't think of like what I would maybe change it to um and I think, you know, some people just call me Shakti Fresh, like in my daily life. So <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's I can't when you know really, it's, yeah, that's when you know it's clicked. I can't escape from it now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. That is really cool. So with the, uh, the meal planning service, does this mean that 
you know, you bring the containers or does the uh, the client need the containers? How does this all work? Do you... Um, yeah, ideally they would have their own Tupperware. It's something that I can offer to purchase for them, but I'd prefer that to not come out of my own pocket, if yep. I'm being honest. Um, and then that way they they have the Tupperware and they have the containers for me to be able to ideally use over and over. Like I, I really want to gain some traction where like I have sort of weekly clients or maybe clients that are every other week. Um, so then if they sort of invest in really good Tupperware, um, you know, glass or whatever it is, then, then it's always there and and ready for me to use. But I, I will offer to purchase it if they don't have any. Nice. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Good way to get into it as well. Cause I think, you know, when you're beginning to, to change your food choices, often the home can be, um, one of the, the barriers because totally. you're so used to cooking a certain way yeah and then when you go out to the supermarket you're confronted with the so overwhelming you know it's very overwhelming yeah. there's new decisions that have to be made yeah and often we revert back to our old habits when we're under pressure yeah so for you to go out get that done um to be able to teach people uh, and then have all the food prepared for them yeah it's going to be a really nice transition for them yeah i hope so yeah. and that's I to start I'd really like to take the thinking out of it for people I think that is for me when I first went vegan was the most overwhelming part of it was all the thinking and like the research that I had to do and then eventually I got to a point where I really enjoyed doing it I really enjoyed doing the planning and the um, research and stuff like that but I think for a lot of people who maybe are busier than me or have families um, that can be sort of a barrier to succeeding at um, going plant-based. So to start, I love to just do everything for you. You don't have to think. You just have to eat the food and hopefully enjoy it. And then that's where the consulting services can come in too. If people are like, okay, I've really enjoyed your services, um, but I'd like to also you know, learn how to do this on my own because obviously it's not sustainable for me to just like come and cook for them for the rest of their lives. Um, so, you could be Tom Brady's chef in the future. You know? I could. You never I know. know. Well, he's probably already got like 12. I think that role is maybe filled, but <laughs> you never know. Holding well, on. there's going to be more and more athletes, right? <laughs> That's true. Hopefully. More and more athletes are going to switch. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing uh, the Tennessee Titans is, a, I think, a really good example. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to Chef Charity Morgan. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen her on online but mm-hmm. she is the wife of one of the players mm-hmm. and she's taking care of a lot of their meal prep awesome um so to see that really cool yeah and i could definitely see you know you in that kind of role in yeah. the future as well we've got kyrie irving locally doing it um i'm not sure if any of the red Sox guys are doing it but i don't think so well when i move to australia eventually you know maybe i'll infiltrate the afl and, uh, That's another one. And Actually, to, I'm sure there are some in there that are, are trying to go for plant-based. So just speaking about the AFL, I've been kind of interested in seeing whether or not there are people playing yeah. currently yeah. That, that have adopted the, the plant-based diet because uh, it's not something I've heard a lot about. Yeah. So I was... I have the the subscription that Ben has, mm-hmm. or he had it for the finals yeah. over here, so yeah. you can watch any game live replay. And there's also some TV shows from yeah. the channel. Uh, and I was watching an interview between he used to be the head, uh, I think he was like the chief 
sport writer mm-hmm. uh, for one of the, the larger papers back at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, he interviews people on a weekly basis. And this one happened to be, they switched the tables, they turned the tables and he was getting interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was getting interviewed by uh, a current AFL player, plays in North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. His name's Ben Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was doing the interviewing. Halfway through, they flipped it again. Mike Sheehan interviewed Ben Ben Brown. Mm-hmm. For you listening, probably won't know these names. <laughs> Have, you Australian know, football unless league you're, for anyone. <laughs> unless you're currently an AFL supporter. But yep. Mike asked Ben, I, he- I hear that you are eating a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. And that kind of caught me off guard because yeah. I really, I had no idea. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the obvious questions were asked. Yeah. He answered them in, you know pretty comfortable fashion like you know there, yep. there is no nutrient deficiencies yada 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 so yep. there we go you might want to hit up north melbourne football club no, when, no, you're, no. Kangas. when you yeah the kangas <laughs> yeah exactly well they didn't make the finals this year so they yeah, need well. uh they need a bit of a boost <laughs> yeah who knows maybe i'll i'll meet the right person and and something will happen that would be that, that would be, be really that would cool. be a dream come true. We're putting it out there. Yeah. We're putting it manifest, out into the, into the universe. <laughs> so let's let's see if it comes back to you. Yeah. But one thing you did mention, I want to come back to it in the learning process. Something that we probably take for granted is something as simple as reading food labels. Yeah. I know how important that was for us, and it was it was a game changer. Yeah. It was a huge game changer. Yeah. You start to understand more about the sodium levels compared mm-hmm. to the the calories i know was one that we got taught uh, should be one to one or less mm-hmm. um that kind of thing mm-hmm. reading the ingredients you know and and the order they come in mm-hmm. what do you teach people about the the labels because we found it really helpful yeah i think the main thing in reading labels um are the ingredients that's the first thing i go to and and then once I feel like the ingredients are okay, then I'll start looking at the nutrition facts. But for, for me, the ingredients are, are the main thing that I, I want to focus on. Um, so if the first ingredient in something is sugar, I'm putting it back. Like it's, it's not going to be, you know, coconut sugar or, or something like that. It's, it's going to be white cane sugar, which is not vegan most of the time and unsustainably sourced. So um, big things like that where people just, I think a lot of the time, you know, they, they get into a sort of routine of eating certain things, you know, certain breakfast cereals and things like that. And they don't think to read the ingredients because maybe they've been eating them since they were kids and their parents eat them and they're like, well, I'm fine. So, um, there's no sort of connection that they, they might want to take a look at the ingredients, but, Obviously, if you're doing a whole food plant-based diet, you're not going to be buying things from a box. But I think for somebody just starting out as plant-based, go easy on yourself. Like don't go whole food like straight away because I think it's unless you're like really prepared to take on that challenge. Otherwise, I think it's okay to eat some processed food in moderation as long as you're taking a look at the ingredients and... um, you know, there are just some hidden things on there, like milk powder is a really big one that sort of like sneaks its way into that ingredient list, maybe like, you know, seven or eight ingredients down. And you're like, milk powder? What is that doing in potato chips? Like, what the <laughs> heck? Um, or, um, you know, it'll say like, may contain like fish or crustacean. And I'm like, these are crackers. Like, you know, just like, 
there are certain things where you're just like, why is this even being put in food in the first place? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of sauces and like marinades as well will contain like honey or fish sauce or things like that. So just um, I pretty much read everything I pick up in the grocery store. I'll sort of like quick scan it. Um, at the bottom now, a lot of them will say will contain um, either milk ingredients, um, dairy or fish or whatever. So they sort of like done the hard work for you and been like, mm -hmm. here's the warning yep. label of what's on here. Um, but I think it's just like taking that step to actually like turn the box around, read what you're getting yourself into. And if you don't connect with the ingredients and feel like they're going to make you feel good, then put it back. You can pick up something else that you know, maybe is a little bit better for you. Yeah, I think it's a good piece of advice for anyone. Yeah. You don't have to be a vegan to, to start paying more attention totally. to what's in your food. Yeah, and anything. You're, yeah, you're right. Anything. Some of the things that we used to eat when we paid more attention, you'd look at the, the laundry list of ingredients, yeah. some very scientific names. Yeah, there's and you like start to E161 wonder, and you're like, why would I want to eat something named E161? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, and that's you do, okay. you naturally want to put it back down yeah. because... That just doesn't just sound doesn't right. Feel right. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I love that. That's part of the teaching that you're doing. Yeah. Because I really think it empowers people to get into the supermarket on their own. Yeah. And not feel so overwhelmed. They feel like they can navigate their self around and, yeah. and come home with the right foods. Yeah. And uh, there are so many options now. There's so many options now. Um, I mean, we're lucky, you know, in the U.S. to have Whole Foods Market where, you know, nothing contains artificial ingredients and, and stuff like that. So um, and in Australia as well, you know, there's beautiful health food shops. Um, but where was I going with that? We're lucky. <laughs> we are very lucky. Yeah. To sort of have that ability to even control what we can or cannot eat. Um, so I think empowering is a, is a great word that you can control what you eat. You don't have to, um, sort of rely on what you've grown up with or what other people around you are eating. Like it's going into your body. So make sure that, you know, you feel good about what you're, you know, spending money on and, and consuming. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So once again, for the listeners, what is the, the website that we can go to and your yes. Instagram handle so we can visit, check you out and give you some love? Yes. Um, so it's Shakti Fresh. Shakti is spelled S-H-A-K-T-I. Fresh. Um, that's my Instagram handle. And then the website is Shakti Fresh Eats, uh, E-A-T-S dot com. Beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait to, to check it out. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thank so, you. So yeah, that's you know where you're at now, but obviously yeah. there's a bit of a... You know, we all have our own journey. We all have our own story to tell. Sure. Uh, I want to go back a bit. Yep. Learn a bit more about growing up in Massachusetts. And, you know, just I like to hear about, and I'm sure that, you know, everyone else that is back at home listening, it's always good to hear about, you know, what it was like growing up what was on the table, yep. um, you know, family dynamic, anything you want to share sure. that you feel that has just helped you to get to where you are today. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Lincoln, Massachusetts, which is really small town, um, but it's pretty close to Cambridge in Boston. So it's nice. You get like a, a really small town feel, but 10 minutes down the road, you're 
you know, at Alewife and, and Harvard Square and stuff like that. So it was a really great place to grow up. Um, pretty normal upbringing, two parents, two brothers, dog and a cat um, sort of situation. Um, very, like, healthy family, I would say. Um, my dad works just at the Produce Center in Chelsea. We have a family business of over 100 years that's um, fruit and veg. So we always had, you know, fruit and veg in the house. Um you know, I, I was pretty, pretty picky eater, but, you know, eventually I got there and, and started to enjoy the fruit and veg. But yeah, I would say pretty standard American diet, chicken and mashed potatoes. Um, you know, we're Jewish. So, you know, that sort of like, um, you know, potato pancakes and brisket and stuff on holidays, um, you know, lucky charms for breakfast, like nothing crazy, um, just very standard. Um, but my parents always, you know, tried to make sure we ate as healthy as possible, even though, you know, I should have grown up to be a chicken finger because I ate so many of them in my in my childhood. Um, and then I actually made myself lactose intolerant because I was such a dairy fiend. Like I had milk in my cereal. I had a glass of milk when I came home from school. I had like three bowls of cookie dough ice cream a day. Like so much string cheese, like an absurd amount of dairy. Mm. And then by the time I was 13, I just like couldn't handle it anymore. And I got really sick. Um, so I sort of cut it out here and there, still would eat it occasionally and just like, you know, suffer the consequences. Yeah. Um, you liked it that much? Yeah. Just, well, and it was just like always around me, you know, mm-hmm. everybody else was eating it. So I just was sort of like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get in on that too. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I went to college and just like ate pretty normally Um, and then when I was 20, my junior year, um, my third year of college, um, I moved off campus and was living in an apartment with friends and I was like, okay, now I have to like cook for myself. Like, what do I do? Where'd you go to college? Um, I went to Clark university, which is a small liberal arts school just in Worcester, Massachusetts. So it's like an hour from here. Um, yeah, really cool school. Um, and Yeah, so I started cooking for myself and I went vegetarian just for like a month sort of to see if I could do it just as, um, you know, an experiment pretty much. Um, How did that come to be? Did that, was there a catalyst that kind of drove you to vegetarianism or was Um, it just a, a feeling? I think it was mostly, I didn't trust myself to cook meat properly <laughs> okay um like my mom did most of the cooking growing up like I was a pretty serious ballet dancer until college and I would like literally go to school come home do homework go to ballet come home dinner would be done I would shovel it down and go to bed like I I really didn't have time for cooking um so it really wasn't until then that I sort of had the opportunity and the tools to explore it myself um And yeah, I think I just, I didn't really trust myself to prepare meat properly. Um, I was also a student and meat is expensive and I just was like, eh, I don't really need it. Let's, let's give vegetarian a go. Um, and that was eight years ago this November and I haven't eaten meat since then. Um, even though I was like, yeah, I'll just give it a month and see what happens. (laughs) Went well. Eight years later. (laughs) Experiment is still going. (laughs) Um, and then, Yeah. So that's sort of um, how that happened. And then um, I went vegan 
after I came back from studying abroad in Spain, that that sort of second half of junior year, I stayed vegetarian while I was there, but that didn't mean that I couldn't eat, you know, a ton of, you know, falafel and bread and olive oil and all the delicious tapas and lots of beer and wine. And, you know, I gained probably... 20 pounds I think in six months pretty easy to do when yeah. you're, when you're I, know the <laughs> yeah. Feeling. Yep. I just was like whatever I'm gonna live my life um so I came home and went vegan sort of as a as a vain thing to to lose weight like it it the whole like ethical side didn't really connect with me yet I was mm-hmm. you know only 21 and just was like okay I want to get back down to the weight that I was at before studying abroad um so I went vegan for a year and then I moved to China to teach English, went back to being vegetarian because most vegetarian things have egg and stuff. And it was just like too hard with the language barrier. And I was like, whatever, that's fine. Yep. Uh, gained another 20 pounds again. <laughs> How long were you in China? Was that a like a, a teach abroad thing or was this yeah. like a, a full-time job that you'd... Yeah, it was a, um, a teach abroad. Um, so I was there for a year in Shanghai. Um, and I was teaching full time. I was teaching Monday through Friday, eight to four, um, at a international preschool in the city. Um, and it was awesome. It was one of the best years of my life. Um, but yeah, I sort of had the same mentality of when I studied abroad was like, you know, I'm here just for a temporary period of time. Like I'm gonna, you know, sort of enjoy what China has to offer. And that was noodles. That was a lot of noodles. Egg egg noodles mainly? (laughs) Um, is that what they have? I've, I've never been to China. They've myself. got egg noodles, um, but like um, they make these like flat rice noodles. I don't mm. know if you've ever seen them in certain places where they're like hand pulled by people. Um, it's pretty cool to watch um, and they're they're amazing and delicious. But um, yeah, you know, it was just like I just wanted to enjoy the food. And I was like, I'm still vegetarian, so I think it's fine. Again, the ethical stuff like hadn't totally sunk in for me yet it was more more dietary um and then I came home at a heavier weight again so I went vegan again and when was this what year were you away I was away from 2012 to 2013 so I was 22 and 23 years old yep um so I came back five years ago now and I've just been vegan since then cool yeah like fully like not flip-flopping just just 100 percent vegan Nice, yeah. nice. When were you? When were you in? Uh, sorry, where in China were you? Um, I was in Shanghai. Shanghai, cool. Yeah. So it's like a massive city. Huge, like I've seen. My brother's been. I've seen pictures, obviously, but it just looks like a huge. It's wild. City, lots of lights, like kind of like a New York City in a way. I've, I, I couldn't compare, but. But from the future, like, <laughs> it's it's really crazy. I mean, there are definitely some old parts of Shanghai. Like China's very old, so there are some you know, maintained very old parts. Um, But mainly it's really turned into this like futuristic cosmopolitan city where if you look at the skyline, almost nothing looks like it's from this planet. Like the bottle opener building. Yeah, bottle opener. And then they also have... um, Shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's like... Oh, the Oriental um, Pearl Tower is like these... Uh, it, it honestly looks like a spaceship and it's mm. got like all these twinkling lights and there's like a roller coaster inside of it. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Shanghai is one of those places where it really does like have the old and the new culture. So it's it's really interesting to sort of go from one area 
to the mm. next. Um, and it was kind of a crazy year. Like I was, you know, 22. I didn't know anyone, didn't know the language. I just knew I wanted to travel. And I was like the easiest, most economical way to do that is to work. Um, so I just like on a whim got this teaching job, never taught English in my life. So is this um, what you'd gone to university for teaching? No, or No, no. I went to uni for um, psychology. My degrees in psychology and Spanish. Um, and I was thinking about going back to Spain, but I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take this opportunity to go somewhere else. I knew that there was a huge need for English teachers in, in Asia. And I was like, I'm just going to try out China. Like, let's see what happens. And it ended up being the most amazing experience. Like definitely some days where I was just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, right. It's so crazy and Solo, overwhelming. Solo, no friends. You just yeah, went, didn't know anyone. Yeah. Um, I was hired. So I went through an like a sort of umbrella, like teach abroad, study abroad organization. And then I was placed with this um, English teaching agency in Shanghai. And then they sort of like deal out teachers to different schools or English centers or stuff like that. So I was hired at this agency with maybe like eight other English teachers from, from the U.S. We were all from the U.S. Um, so that was a good way for me to meet people straight away, you know, other people that were going through the exact same experience as I was. We were all mostly in our, our early to mid twenties. Um, so we were all sort of in, in a similar stage in our lives. And those sort of remained my friends throughout the year. I made some Chinese friends here and there, but I think, you know, we sort of stuck to, stuck to us English teachers so that we could like empathize with all of the stuff that was going on. Um, but yeah, it it was great. 10 out of 10 would do it over again. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a sick experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teaching, teaching for the first time abroad language barrier definitely sounds like you would have been faced with, you know, a ton of challenges yeah. at, at 22, 23 years old. So yeah. yeah. What a cool, cool thing to do. Yeah. So coming home, you mentioned again, you wanted to lose weight. So back to the vegan diet back to vegan and I was starting graduate school so I wanted to make sure that like I knew what I was doing because I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of time so that's when I sort of started like dabbling in the meal prep and and sort of stuff um and what were you going to do at grad at grad school teaching so okay so yeah so that year in China inspired me to to teach and I always like love kids and loved working with kids I just didn't think that I was sort of suited to be a classroom teacher but then I ended up really liking it and connecting with it so I went to grad school um, for early childhood education um, just in Cambridge and I was right I wasn't like you know not necessarily fit to be a classroom teacher. I just didn't, didn't connect with the role. Like I loved being around kids. Um, and, and if my future career, I can work with them in some way, whether that's connected to food or, or, or yoga or something that would be amazing. Um, but I finished the two year degree and I was teaching throughout that whole time. And I just, I knew in my heart it, it wasn't where I wanted to be or what I wanted to be doing. Um, and that's when the Australia move came in so what so this is kind of what triggered it you wanted to go away again have a new experience yeah was there any work attached to the Aussie experience how did this all come to be and um yeah what was the catalyst for for moving to Australia 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, going through the two year grad degree, um, sort of maybe halfway through, I was like, this isn't for me, but I felt more of a failure if I quit and dropped out than if I finished the degree and then changed later. So I, I just was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get through to the degree. Like maybe I'll, I'll change my mind and whatever. Um, but I, I knew I wasn't going to. So I just, I finished the degree in May, 2015. Um, but probably earlier that year, I knew that I needed to go away again. It was sort of like, Oh, Eliza's due for her, you know, abroad trip. Um, you know, every couple of years or whatever. So, um, I knew I wanted to move abroad, but I didn't want to have to do the whole language thing again. Um, cause I had done that twice and I knew that when I moved abroad, I wanted to focus on food and veganism and I wanted to get my yoga teacher training certificate. It was like a total, like, you know, 180 from where I was before. Um, and I looked into Australia and just was like, okay, this is like sort of a, hub for healthy eating and yoga and just like a relaxed lifestyle and I was like check 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 that's what I'm all looking for um and so I looked into Melbourne specifically um because I felt like a lot of sort of stuff for for yoga and wellness and and food was coming up there and I was like yeah sure that looks cool like let's do it and so September 2015 like three months after I finished my degree I was off on a working holiday visa. I did move with a friend from home. So I had one person with me, but we didn't have a job. We didn't have a place to live. <laughs> didn't know anyone. <laughs> Just like showed up. Um, it's like yeah. we, we kind of switched roles. Yeah, we I did. left Melbourne, came to Boston. Yeah. Not a whole lot of cash. Yeah. No job. Yeah. I know the feeling well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, but it works out. It does work out. <laughs> it's a pretty... I, I love looking back and just... Yeah seeing you know how it's all yeah moved and grown and you know over time it's 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 pretty cool to look back on and it is when you thrust yourself into those situations you know you grow exponentially as a as a human so um really cool where did you move into in melbourne so we moved first to a base hostel in st kilda um, which is like, base. is that X base? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a party hostel. Yeah. Yep. Um, not great. Don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're like a partying backpacker, then it's your paradise. Yep. Um, yeah. So we moved into base for a couple of weeks, just like to have s- somewhere to put our, our shit, you know, uh, can I swear on here? Swear okay, away. All right. yeah. That was like the first one. I wasn't sure if I could. No, it's all um, you can drop, drop as many bombs <laughs> as you want. Well, I don't think my mom would like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we moved into base for a couple of weeks. And then my friend that I moved with, she actually had neighbors here that were from Melbourne and Auckland, New Zealand. And so they had friends in Melbourne that they connected us with. So we moved to their house in Hawthorne um for maybe two or three weeks until we found our own apartment in South Yarra um which was just a great place to live when you know you first moved to Melbourne yeah Yeah, just super central like really could get anywhere there was like coffee and food and Woolworths was like literally underneath our building like it it was great um yeah really good first place to live there yeah that's dope I never actually got the experience of living in the city Mm. I always lived at home. Yeah, out so in the country. I think <laughs> Not we, really we, country, we, but no, yeah. just the the suburbs. Yeah, we. Anna and I would love to do that. Yeah, that would be um, 
a very cool experience. My brother yeah. is now living in Collingwood. Yeah, awesome. So we got to... And again, going back to Melbourne for myself, like I wasn't a vegan when I left. I was mm. far from it. Yeah. I was, so it'll be a whole new experience for so you going you back, go back. We got back once and seeing Fitzroy and yeah. stuff. It's a whole new world. I felt world. like a tourist <laughs> yeah. in my own like... It's a whole new world as a vegan there. In my own place. It, yeah. was, it was kind of bizarre. Like mm-hmm. just scouting out different restaurants that I definitely wouldn't have looked at. Ones yeah. in St. Kilda, Fitzroy, um, in the city. Yeah. So yeah, many. it was so spoiled it, pretty, for choice. Oh, and the f- the restaurants are beautiful. The food is amazing. Yeah, um, it's the best. Yeah, if there's any any vegan travelers, I'd definitely hit up hit up Melbourne for sure. Sydney, Adelaide, Brisbane. I don't know. We went to Byron all, Bay. Yeah, Byron Bay. We went to all of those cities bar Byron. We we would need to get there. Yeah, um, Byron's beautiful heaven. part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just every city had. So many options, but also a lot of 100% vegan restaurants yeah. to choose from. So totally spoiled. really spoiled. Yeah, you definitely landed yourself in a in a good spot. Yeah. So I was pleased. Yeah, go <laughs> into that for me for a bit. So you know, no job. How long did it take you to find one? Where did you end up? Um, and the yoga stuff as well. Let's yeah. get into that as well. So it's kind of like a a two part question. But yeah. So, well, so when I moved to Melbourne, I was 25. So I was like in this sort of like quarter life crisis. And I knew that I I really wanted to get a food job, but I was like, okay, I have no experience in any cafe or restaurant. I didn't go to culinary school. Like, you know, my Instagram is like so, so at this point, um, you know, who's going to hire me. But, um, I ended up, Let's see, we moved in September and I started working in November. So it took me a good month before, maybe month and a bit before I found um, found a job. And I ended up working at Combi, which is just this like tiny vegan um, sort of shack. Um, it's got like a beach shack vibe just in Elwood. Um, and they hired me to work in the kitchen I did like front of house for maybe like a week and then they were like, yeah, you can, you know, hop on, hop on in the kitchen. And I was like, seriously? Um, and that was amazing. I ended up working there for, for six months because with the work holiday, you can mm-hmm. only work for six months at, at each job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked there for six months. I learned so much, met really incredible people. Um, I worked a lot, but it was, it was a really amazing experience. And I think a lot of sort of what I know in terms of like, um, like food styling has, has come from that job. Um, I met my friend Sam who she's so beautifully real on, on Instagram and she, you know, put out a cookbook and and she's amazing. She taught me a lot. Um, yeah, so I worked there for six months and then I went to Byron Bay to do my yoga teacher training at Byron Yoga Center. Um, and that was like a one month intensive, Um, so you go and live at the retreat center in Byron. Um, it's like just outside the main town on this like gorgeous property with massive organic farm. And, um, yeah, you sort of just like sleep, eat, breathe, talk yoga 24 seven for 21 days. Um, and it was, it was an amazing experience. It really like cracked me open as, as a person. I think that's what I was searching for though, in this sort of year in Australia like I really wanted to just like transform into the person that that I knew 
who I was, but I just felt like I couldn't fully express it. Um, and, and Byron was that place for me where I just like cracked open and I was like, this is who I am. I'm this like vegan yogi, you know, traveler. And, and this is just who I am and, and take it or leave it. So that was a really, really beautiful experience for me. Um, and then I started teaching in Melbourne after I came back from Byron. I was really graciously given a teaching position at a studio in Fitzroy. Um, and I taught there for, I think the rest of my visa. So it would have been like another five months. Um, and yeah, that was cool. That's so cool to hear. Cause I think, I think with travel, it can go a, a number of different ways. Yeah. You can have the idea in your mind of what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Often it can go sideways mm-hmm. or side, you can get sidetracked from the, the, the aim because there's lots of different directions that you can get pulled in so you mm-hmm. stay true to yourself and really seeked out those opportunities got those opportunities took them with two hands yeah and really really ran with them yeah i felt sounds like amazing i felt like up until then i was sort of like doing everything that was like expected um not that there's anything wrong with that but no. i just you know was sort of doing i like you know, I went to college and then I went to grad school and I like stuck through that degree that I didn't really want to stick through. And I just was like, you know what? I've never been selfish in my life. And I just wanted to take that one year to like, I don't know, explore sort of my authentic self and, and really dive into that. And it was a super transformative year. And, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I met the most incredible people. Um, I sort of like stumbled into this group of friends that I don't know, there's like 50 people, give or take. And they're all just the most like humbling and welcoming and, and really took me in and just embraced me for exactly, you know, who, who I am. Um, and yeah, I couldn't have asked for, for a better first year in Australia. That's yeah. Incredible story. I can really, empathize with with everything you've just said that from the degree you know to to switching the diet moving countries yeah it's crazy i feel like i'm, I'm yeah. living that now yeah yeah um how did your parents feel about that you know obviously our parents love us they care for us and they just want the best yeah um often it depending on also their situation but um Sometimes when we step outside the the normal uh, or the normacies of society, Mm -hmm. they can get a little, you know, a little worried. It's like, you know, I did go to university and I did complete two degrees, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to (laughs) continue with that. Sorry. (laughs) And it's kind of like, I can, I can see how that's a shock. Yeah. Um, To them. Yeah. You know, it's like, why would you do two degrees Mm -hmm. and then not pursue what you've, you know, you've been studying yeah. for for the last, you know, however long. Yeah. So when you said, "Mum and Dad, moving to Melbourne, I'm going to get into <laughs> to food. I'm going to get into yoga." Did they have any words for you? Did they have any words for me? Any words of wisdom? Mm, oh, wisdom. Don't know <laughs> about that. I think they were more like, "Don't go." Um, no, I. Look, my parents are amazing. They're the most supportive people ever. I I got very lucky with the parents that I have. Yep. Um, and I feel like they were always, you know, so supportive of, of anything that I wanted to do. It was more like I had this false sense of like needing their approval, even though they were going 
to give it to me no matter what. But mm-hmm. I felt like I had to, you know, do certain things like, um, like be, you know, a certain academic, um, and, and achieve to a certain level, but like, they weren't like that at, at all. They didn't have that expectation at all, but it, it was like something I had created in, inside myself. Um, and then when I sort of like broke free of that, um, I don't know if it shocked them necessarily because I had done, you know, sort of like all this travel and like gone off and, you know, gone to Spain and China and stuff by myself. So I think me moving abroad alone wasn't necessarily a shock for them. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, they just want me to be happy and, and to, to follow my heart and whatever I want to do, you know, they'll support me. Of course they would, you know, like me to be comfortable and have a salary and like, you know, I would love all those things too, but, um, what's the fun in that? (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) you just got to go with it, run with it and, and see what happens. And, I think the the thing for them with Australia that they were most nervous about is that I was going to like it so much that I didn't want to come back. Um, you know, Spain and China, they were sort of like, yeah, like, you know, that's temporary. But with Australia, they were like, oh, not so sure on this one. And then when I met my partner... They were like, oh, no, (laughs) I think we've lost her. (laughs) Um, But again, yeah, they just want me to be happy and, um, you know, they'll support me in my dreams and hopefully they'll come visit in Australia one day and and see what it's all about. But um, I like a point that you brought up. So about us kind of building it up in our own heads Mm -hmm. that this is what they're thinking. Yeah. Unless they've explicitly told you, like I've heard, I don't really want to generalize, but I've heard um, in some, you know, well-off Asian or Indian families, it's mm-hmm. like, I think it was um, a guy, he was recently on the recently on the Rich Roll podcast, um, young guy, wrote a book about, he wanted to speak with like you know, the the biggest business people of our generation. So mm-hmm. like your Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. Yeah. Not just business. I think he spoke with Lady Gaga and but he had to get these interviews mm-hmm. and it took him seven years. But his parents had a very hard expectation that it was basically, you know, doctor, lawyer, yeah. Accountant or you're All a the failure. Yeah. And that was explicitly told to him. He knew that. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't something he built up. It was a real expectation of parents. But I think in a lot of our situations, unless our parents are explicitly telling us that they want us to be something, then we're building it up in our own head totally. that we're not satisfying what they had planned out for us. Yeah, I think at the core of it, our parents are all incredible people caring people and they just want the best for you yeah so if you are in that situation right now where you are looking to move uh, or navigate yourself into a a new career a new or you know put yourself in a new direction do it do it chances are they'll support you chances are that they are not gonna you know get angry or tell you you're doing the wrong thing they're they're actually gonna get behind you and say you know Go for it. Go for it. Go on, go on, you know, we just want you to be happy. So yeah. I, I do like that point you make. Yeah. And it it goes across more than just that situation. Yeah. I think we often build things up in our own head and we tell ourselves 
we make scenarios up that just aren't aren't true. Yeah. That, and and it it holds us back. Yeah, definitely. It holds us back, and we're not able to to go and do what we really want to do. Yeah. And what would you say for one year? You know, you decided to do it for one year. Yeah. Is it a big amount of time, or did it go by in a blink? It goes by so fast. It really goes by so fast. Like all of a sudden my like first six months of that first job were up and I was going to Byron for the teacher training and I was like, I'm already halfway through this year. Like what have I even done yet? Like I've barely even traveled in Australia. Like I I knew with like my intention when I was going to Australia was not necessarily going to be a big travel year. I I really wanted to work and sort of immerse myself in that lifestyle. Um, But yeah, it, it goes by so fast. Um, ben and I have been long distance for a year already now. And like, it's weird because it, it goes by fast, but sort of when you're in it, it doesn't seem that fast. You're like, oh my God, this month is dragging on. But then you get to that year point and you're like, actually, where did that go? Like, it, it goes by fast. I think it's a cool thing to look at. So before we begin these transformative periods of life, a year might seem like just this crazy long mm. amount of time to give yourself. Like you said, you you wanted to give yourself that time. Yeah. But coming to the end of it, it goes very quickly. But at the same time, when you're immersed in it and you're really working towards these goals and if you're using your time wisely, a year can be a huge amount of time to have these transformative uh, experiences and get on the track that you want to go go down yeah so did you make any like concrete plans to to stay on track or was it just like a broad you know i want to do food i want to do yoga and that's how it's going to play out it was pretty much that it was pretty much that i knew i wanted to work in food being me i did research on like all the vegan cafes and restaurants and stuff in melbourne um I, I knew I was sort of more suited to the cafe vibe. That was just, you know, I, I don't work well in the nighttime. <laughs> um, and I was just being true to myself. You know, I, I wanted to, to work in an environment that I knew I was going to work best in. So I sort of like steered my way towards cafes. But yeah, I didn't really have too many plans when I showed up. It was just like get a job in food, um, do my yoga teacher training and see what happens. And then all the other stuff sort of fell into place and there were definitely days where like you know I wasn't really getting up to too much like you know I was watching Netflix in my apartment or something like that you know there were there were days like that yeah which is fine and then there were other days where you know I was working for 10 hours or I was you know out until two o'clock in the morning with friends or you know whatever there were just I always felt like there was something that was happening even if I hadn't planned it just sort of happened awesome experience but yeah i want to go into your relationship with ben so i was lucky enough to hang out with you guys at fenway park just the other week (laughs) so a pretty crazy kind of uh connection in terms of geographically where we're where we're from so i'm from a i'm from a suburb called bo morris ben is from a suburb called bentley and they're probably 15 minute drive apart yeah i went to school not far from uh from where he lived uh i think he said some of his best mates went to the same school as me just a little bit older um so yeah quite close geographically and Mm -hmm. then yeah we're hanging out at fenway park in the 
in the amazing seats that that we had <laughs> behind home plate yeah um, and that's how anna and i connected actually because yeah. we were like wait we're both vegan wait we both have boyfriends from melbourne we should be friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, like connected on instagram and it just yeah it, it was really fun how we all sort of came together yeah it was cool so yeah. i'd really like to go into it um you know if you'd like to talk about the challenges of long distance, we can totally do that yeah. as well. What intrigues me the most uh, is is being in a in a relationship where you know you're a dedicated vegan. It's it's really um, dictated where you've gone in terms of work and yeah. your ethics and and everything yeah. um, that you you basically stand by, and you've fallen in love with this. This Aussie dude who yeah. is not a vegan. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, you know, going to to a restaurant with him. I did like the fact that when we went out to buy Chloe, we had the we had the food. He liked it. Yeah. Then we get into Fenway Park and he gets the, the chicken and fingers. He's like, oh, this and he's is like, shit. This is shit I should have <laughs> I should have eaten what you guys were eating. Yeah. That's always we're all a like, win. I told you so. <laughs> That's always a win. But yeah, I'd love to to hear more about, you know, how you met and and how it's how it's all going now but especially the yeah. you know the dynamic in the kitchen yeah um so ben and i met um in april of 2016 which was more or less halfway through my first year there um we met at the mcg at a footy game you know just like any good australian people you know meet people um and we we connected just as mates like we really enjoyed each other's company and had good conversation um we were both seeing dating other people at the time so i i didn't really like make the romantic connection um but then we just became really good friends and you know chatted frequently and would grab dinner here or there and um both broke up with those other relationships and sort of I think for a long time I tried to deny how I felt about him because I knew my visa was ending and I didn't have plans to stay in Australia a second year. Um, so I sort of was like pushing back those feelings um, until I sort of was just like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> We're in love and, and that's what's happening. Um, so yeah, and my visa expired September 2016. So we had really only been together for maybe a month ish um before i left to go to bali and i applied for a tourist visa to come back to australia for a second year um and on the tourist visa you have to leave every three months um that's just you know condition you're not allowed to work um so i was not allowed to work at all not no. at all um so i was sort of just like i don't know like freeloading not freeloading but like crashing with friends um you know crashing at his mom's house um you know spending time with friends leaving every three months i went to new zealand um we came back to the u.s together um and yeah so we've been along that visa ended september 2017 and now we've been long distance for for this past year um and he was just here for a visit he left yesterday um but yeah so that's sort of how we met and I was always vegan you know from from the get-go like it was not a surprise this lifestyle um and somehow we it just works um there were a few times sort of in the beginning of our relationship where like I 
I was just like, oh, I wish he would maybe eat a little bit less meat and he would get defensive, which fair enough. Um, you know, that that wasn't my place to, you know, try to change him in any way because he wasn't trying to change me. Um, and I sort of got over that. And like, I'm just passionate about food in general. Like, obviously, vegan food, I love the most. But I think food is so fascinating. And like the art that people can create with food is so amazing. Um, so, you know, I would try to pick restaurants or places that we could go together where there were vegan options, but he was also going to have an amazing experience as well because I wanted, you know, him to sort of share in the appreciation of food that is such a huge part of my identity. And so we sort of worked it out where like it, it doesn't really affect our relationship in the slightest which I consider myself very lucky to be in that situation he's super supportive of the lifestyle he knows that this is my passion this is my my career really and he's actually the one that pushed me to start this private chef endeavor um I was sort of like playing with the idea and he was like you got to do this babe like you will succeed and 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 this is like what you should be doing so that was that was really cool that um he really pushed me to do that um and yeah, I don't, I don't know what else. No, that's, I think that's <laughs> we a really, can start there. it's a really good insight. So I think in society in general, we, I think right now in this current climate, we're really struggling to come together yeah. in many different areas, Totally. whether it's the vegan versus the meat eater thing. It's always pitted against each other. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Totally. Find some common ground. Yeah. Um, and food is not the only thing we enjoy together, you know? No. It's just like a, 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 a section of our relationship. There are so many other things that, that we do that we enjoy together that have nothing to do with food. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And long term, over the, over the time, have you seen him, you know, creating some healthier habits around food? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that they say like what you become the the five people that you spend the most time with mm, interesting so the more time he spends with you the more open he's going to become it might not doesn't mean necessarily you know ben becomes a vegan overnight mm. but i think it would be it would be hard not to be open to more healthier food or yeah. trying different food that maybe you haven't tried previously so yeah, yeah i i we often block ourselves like it's like, oh, I'm a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be associated with any like hard Republican people mm -hmm. or, um, you know, I'm a vegan. I don't want to be associated with any people that, mm -hmm. that eat meat. But I think we have to empathize with the, I'll call it the opposing side, but mm -hmm. we have to empathize. A lot of the time we were right in their shoes not that exactly. long ago, right? Yeah. We were, we were right there. Yeah. I wasn't eating born the chicken this fingers, way. Yeah. You know, eating the Big Macs myself. Like I had a terrible diet. Mm. I can't just, you know, put the, you know, put the hammer down and say, yeah. oh, you, you know, you all got to switch. Yeah. It's just not going to, not going to work that way. And it's the same well, with yeah. relationships. It's the same with love. If you love a person and they just, don't eat the same way as you do then yeah as long what did you say before you said it's more about the support it's definitely about the support if they're I, against it yeah then how can how can you sort of coexist like eat, like eating together is a really important 
thing for me like my my family we always sat down to eat dinner together and I that's a tradition that I want to create with Ben as well obviously it's a challenge being in a long distance relationship but whenever we do have those few weeks together I always try to make sure that most nights of the week we are sitting down and having dinner together because I think that's just a, a really beautiful time between people um and to answer your question before yes he definitely has started you know, making healthier choices since we've been together. I think while we're apart, that might change a little bit. You know, he's more on like the frozen pizza and whatever. Yep, yep. Um, which is fine. Um, but then when we when we are together, I do do most of the cooking. Um, so he'll eat anything that I eat. You know, make vegan. Um, or maybe you know if it's taco night or something, he'll throw on some cheese or sour cream, but have like the 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 mainly vegetarian filling. Um, so yeah, he, he is just very supportive of it. He knows that it's important to me. So why would he, if, if he, he's not going to jeopardize your relationship just because of a food choice. Exactly. He, you know, loves me enough to know that, that it's a part of my life and he takes interest in it most of the time. Like I can talk about veganism like day in, day out. Of course I don't around him because it's just not fair. Um, but you know, he'll ask me about like a cafe that I went to or, or what I ate or, you know, he'll help me take the Instagram photos and stuff. So he really is there, you know, as much as he can be while we, while we are physically separated. Um, and it's amazing to have that support. And I, I think that it can, happen where vegans and non-vegans can coexist harmoniously in a romantic relationship um we were talking before how you know if maybe we weren't um you know you're you're dating a vegan and if you weren't could you date a non-vegan is the question and i i think you can i think people can but it takes a certain kind of person whether you're a vegan or not that doesn't define who you are like in your soul you you're know? a human first yeah so just yeah. just be a human to another human yeah and and connect on whatever level you want to connect on and then that sort of stuff comes in later come is secondary to to the love and to the connection awesome yeah i it's it's a topic that's fascinated me mm. for a while because yeah. I've had I've been lucky enough to start a relationship with Anna that you know we weren't vegan but then we switched together so we've never really had that difference yeah um, and living together cooking together going out to restaurants together yeah um, the only problem we've had is you know find the vegan option yeah you know, that's been our biggest um, mm. our biggest hurdle i yeah. suppose since but you share sharing, sw- sharing yeah. it it's it's definitely helpful yeah uh being able to to get through it together but yeah. there's plenty of options out there restaurants so out many. there that do both yeah so and those are the perfect places for us o- occasionally he will come to a vegan place and that's like that makes me really i noticed excited. You were, i noticed you were pretty excited <laughs> when, when we walked in you were like walked into by Chloe you're like this is a big moment yeah. this is um, yeah. this is huge and then he started to uh, yeah. get into the I think it was the taco salad yeah and you he were was like this is good you were very <laughs> very excited I was like eat more eat more yeah you can finish it yeah yeah, yeah it it is sort of like exciting when I ha- when we have those moments but 
again, like food doesn't define our relationship. There are so many other facets to it. I think the biggest question I get is like, well, what's going to happen when you have kids and like Mm. when, when you have a family and you know, how is that going to work? And we've definitely had this conversation. Um, not like, I mean, we don't have kids and we're not planning to have kids like for a while. So we haven't like really sat down and been like, okay, this is what's going to happen. But we've sort of had like a casual conversation here or there um, because we know that it is something that will come up. And I think you just have to come to a compromise that that works for both of you and and your family. And because like I do the majority of the cooking, so I'm sort of like I wouldn't want to say in charge but like you know sort of taking inventory of what food is in the house and and feeding people so naturally it's going to be vegan I am comfortable cooking vegetarian for other people if that's you know something that they prefer that's fine um and I think you know maybe having like a vegetarian house is is fine. That's a compromise for me. And that's a compromise for him as well. Where we're both sort of like sacrificing a little bit, like he's sacrificing not having meat in the house and I'm sacrificing not having an hundred percent vegan house. So that sort of meets us in the middle. And then when you have kids, like you can only teach them so much and they're going to go out to friends' houses and to school and like be trading their lunches and, you know, stuff like that. And kids are naturally curious. So Definitely. Um, At some point, they ex- do have the power to make their own choices. Totally. And you can't force them. I would ask the question, uh, you know, I'm, you, you'd be very knowledgeable on the effects of some non, you know, non-plant-based foods. Mm-hmm. Would you find it difficult to feed a child dairy, for example? I would... Knowing, knowing, what knowing from what I've read, casomorphines being, you know, p- potentially the biggest carcinogen to the human body that mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Dr. T. Colin Campbell says in his in his China study. Yeah, and yeah, just from a personal p- perspective, of compromise is super important. But when yeah. there's a child in it, yeah. And just knowing that something like dairy is is really not good for a a kid. Yeah. How difficult does that become? That is tough. Like <laughs> it is. Because uh, again, we've both grown up with it. Eating dairy. I've worked. Yeah. I've worked in delis. Been around yeah. cheese. Been around milk. Yeah. And and thought nothing of it. Yeah. But when you know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah, look, that that is tough. I think, you know, we both have our own views, right? Yep. So, like, I sort of know what I know, and, and he is learning more and more sort of about food and, and disease connection. Um, but it's tough. Like, he grew up a certain way, very meat and potatoes, and, and mm-hmm. I grew up a certain way. So we sort of come from different backgrounds of, of eating and traditions and stuff like that. Um, and I think what we're – I mean – you know, I'm, I'm just sort of like speculating here, but what would be ideal is that, you know, we, we learn from what traditions and backgrounds we do have, but then we come together and we create our own. So we try not to, 
you know, take into account too much our background, but we can, we can start clean. We can come from a clean slate where we have our own ideas and our own, you know, sort of ideas of, of how we want our family life to be. And we come together and we figure that out on our own without too much background noise, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, look like I'm not going to be like shovel feeding my children shredded cheese or anything like that. Um, there are a lot of yeah alternatives now, which is totally. handy. So like, I mean, one thing that we used to do at our family and, you know, Ben and I probably had pretty similar cultural food experiences. Yeah, so definitely. I can, I can definitely empathize with, with um, how he's grown up. We used to have Monday night barbecues mm. So dad had come home. That's his favorite. Yeah, dad had come home and it was just, you know, it was a thing. He'd come home early and we'd cook with him on the on the barbie and have a couple of, it was pretty meat heavy. It was like sausages, chicken wings, chops, fried egg. All the things. And mum would make an unreal salad that we unfortunately probably (laughs) neglected a little too much because she did awesome. She's a great cook. She Mm. now cooks some of the best plant-based dishes that mm-hmm. i've tried um so she's killing it but there's nothing stopping it we can still have that experience yeah yeah there's so you many alternatives still, yeah. it's amazing even from when i went like fully vegan five years ago until now the amount of products that have come onto the market is insane it's like a 300 percent increase or no, you know is. whatever it is um it, it is really crazy. So we can enjoy sort of the sensation of, mm-hmm. of, of cheese and meat or whatever without the cruelty aspect of it, which I think is such a great thing for, for new vegans or even if you've been vegan for a while and maybe you have a bit of a craving or you're eating with non-vegan friends, like you can, you can enjoy too. You, you're not, you know, restricted to that like raw salad because right. like that's just not enjoying life. Yeah. So if it's, I think if it's, if it's the co- I think where uh, a lot of us get confused is it's not actually the product that we're attached to when we because we do get defensive when mm-hmm. we when we when we get challenged our natural mechanism is defense yeah and we're not attached to the the item or the you know the the product mm-hmm. that we're actually cooking. It's actually the experience. Yeah. It's the social, cultural experience of 100%. the barbecue. Yeah. So if that's really what we're worried about moving forward as a, you know, as a family that's half vegan, half non-vegan or whatever, just go and have the experience. But yeah. you can still do it with a Beyond Burger. Yeah, a Beyond, exactly. and And they're honestly amazing. Yeah. They're, they're kind of freaky sometimes. They You're just are. Like, what they're, am I eating? They're um, um, they're pretty close to the, um, close to the real deal. Yeah. But yeah, without the cruelty, without the environmental impact, and I think that's important to pass down to the future generations totally. that are going to be coming through, is that hey, this is how we used to eat. Um. We now have options. That are so much better for for us as as humans. It's, it's better for the environment. Yeah. And you know, if we're bringing kids into the world and they've got a full life to live mm. and we're not going to be around for, for some of that, we want to leave them on a planet that isn't imploding. Yeah. 
more or less. You totally. know, we've just seen huge hurricanes come up the east coast of America, and yeah, you know, we're we're going to be leaving our kids with a a place that is at at this at this very moment getting worse and worse. Yeah, so. I think I think that this generation, you know, that that we produce is inevitably going to be more conscious than we were as kids because they're going to, you know, come out and they're going to have grown up with this stuff forever with, you know, all the environmental stuff going on with all these vegan products, with all the, the knowledge of, you know, um, animal cruelty and stuff like that, that it just wasn't necessarily relevant 20, 25 years ago. Um, but now that's what's relevant. That's what's being talked about. And these kids are going to grow up having known that for their entire lives. So their consciousness and their decision-making maybe hopefully will start sooner than it did for us. Does, if I, that makes sense. No, I think a hundred percent. I think yeah. it's, it's, um, and we it's just impossible have to, to give avoid them the tools. Yeah. It's impossible to avoid. Um, I think there's going to be a shift in education. There's going to yeah. be a shift. There already is a shift in yeah. media where our attention is with media. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be something that they grow up grow up with, and maybe they'll be the catalyst for for a lot of adults. And wouldn't that be amazing? They're coming home and going, "Oh, mom, dad, I learned this at school today. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to eat meat anymore." Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <sighs> I would like fall to my knees. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what's important and it's it's the same, you know, as sort of my relationship with Ben is that like I just live my life. I just live my exactly. life as a vegan. Yeah. Um, you know, if you ask me about it or if you want to learn something about it, I am more than happy to talk to you about it. But otherwise, I'm just going to live. And if you decide to maybe take some parts of that lifestyle, amazing. And I think that's the same, you know, with children, too. It's like I can teach them and sort of live my life how I do. And then when they go out into school to friends' houses, whatever, then they have sort of the toolbox to make their own decisions. If they want to have a slice of pizza at the birthday party because they don't want to feel left out, that's fine because I wouldn't want to rob them of that experience of joy of, of spending time with friends. But, you know, if they come home and they're like, you know, I ate a piece of pizza today and I was like angry at them, that's not good either. Not a good you experience. Know? You just no. need to just live and and be a role model and people will people will take note people will take note in a nutshell i love that mentality yeah it's it's the way we have to go totally can't Um, push anything on anyone can't push it and yeah i do feel like we're becoming very segregated as a society it's very us versus them mentality yeah um again not only in the in the food space Mm. But yeah, be more welcoming to to others. Be more empathetic of their situation. Mm-hmm. Welcome them to your lifestyle in a very non-judgmental way. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more rapid change than if we're always at each other's throats. Yeah, 100%. Um, and in saying that, it does take, it does take some, you know, some empathy from their side as well. Yeah. It's... It, you got to meet each other halfway. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I hope to see that in the future. Me too. Uh, it's awesome to have you on the show and to, to get an insight into, you know, into into life as a, as a traveler, an entrepreneur, uh, someone 
that's in a loving relationship that, you know, isn't the same in the kitchen. Yeah. You're not both vegan. It's possible, guys. If you're worried about it, don't be. Yeah. Don't block yourself off from, from other people that, you know, you could potentially fall in love with just because of a food choice. Yeah. Just communicate and, and yeah. be open-minded. And if you if you embody all of those things of communication and open-mindedness and compassion, then those are the exact kinds of people that you're going to attract. And, and you know, those are the people that you're going to surround yourself with. The, the people will come. Yeah. They, they will. Um, you just have to sort of embody and, and manifest you know, sort of what you want to put out. And then the people that latch on to that sort of stuff will come to you. For sure. And uh, we're probably going to wrap it up. But another thing that is, is very real is that, you know, there are meat eaters, dairy eaters out there that are very compassionate people mm. at their core. Yeah. Very nice, compassionate people. They might just not have the knowledge. Yeah. So lead by example they're all gonna eventually change yeah uh, and the community is gonna grow um and don't forget that small changes are huge if you're if you're vegetarian flexitarian we're still making change it's yeah. it's not about the percentage of full vegans yeah so it d- doesn't have to be this like overnight overhaul no you know just take it one step at a time and yeah, it's taken me eight years to get to the point where I'm at. So, you know, don't don't be too hard on yourself if you have slip-ups or, you know, you, you used plastic wrap the other day or something, you know, yeah. like <laughs> nobody can be perfect. Just keep moving know. forward. Yeah. Fall forward. Yeah. You're going to fall. Everyone's going to fall. Yeah. Just keep falling forward. Keep moving forward. And um, yeah. That's awesome it. to have you on thank Shakti you fresh <laughs> my first podcast yeah no it's, <laughs> it's dope to have you on really yeah, good thank you so much um really good to hear your whole your whole story yeah uh, it's new to me today as well i didn't know yeah. a lot of the the ins and outs yeah um so yeah cool thanks so much are you going to be watching the grand final this week <laughs> <laughs> i mean neither you know neither my my team's not in it um and pretty much if like just don't go the pies are you a saints fan as well i'm a saints fan, You're a saints fan. Yeah. yeah so as You're long as it's the... not the pies i'm fine so go west coast eagles for west coast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is ben gonna make it home in time he is yeah he's gonna land saturday morning and then i think he's going straight to the pub so, yeah yeah big day for he's, him he's he's dedicated to the footy even though you know he's not his team's not in it either but he just loves it no it's a huge spectacle yeah if you're from melbourne or you've grown up in melbourne it's just a massive spectacle it's a and whole day the whole town gets around it yeah um, it's pretty cool it's a it's a really good feeling i think i'll be watching it it's it's tonight at 12 30 it's at 3 p.m saturday australian time so yeah 1 a.m saturday here yeah, brutal. Yeah. I'm just looking <laughs> so at the clock. I'm, I'm just looking at the clock now, and it's like it's 11 hours away. Yeah. So I've got to somehow stay up for that. Yeah. But yeah, once again, thank you. Loved having you on. Yeah, thank you. Can't wait to continue our relationship with you as well. Anna yeah. and I are stoked to have met you and Ben. So. Um, Me too. Yeah, go crows. <laughs> go Saints. <laughs> hey everyone. 
Hope you enjoyed it. I had a really good time recording this episode. I just wanted to clarify a reference I made to the China Study, which is a book written by T. Colin Campbell. If you haven't read it, go out and get it. Fantastic book. So casein, the protein found in cow's milk, is the carcinogen I was referring to. But I did say casomorphines, which is actually the addictive compound formed in our stomachs when we drink cow's milk. So just wanted to clear the air there. Don't want to give any misleading information. So that mistake aside, I had a lot of fun recording this one with Eliza. She brings an amazing energy full of compassion with her. She has an open mind when faced with challenges, and I think we can all learn a lot from how she goes about life. In a time where we seem to be more and more divided, it was great to get some more insight on her relationship with her partner, Ben, who doesn't eat plant-based. It's very easy to create a vegan bubble online and social media and also our own social circles. We also see more of a us-versus-them type mentality, uh, whether it be portrayed through media um, or even in our own you know, plant-based circles. Whilst forgetting we're all human at the end of the day, a high majority of us were brought up consuming animal products as well. So if there's any message I got out of this uh, conversation, it's just to lead with confidence, no judgment, and people will be interested. They will ask more questions. Uh, that's your you know, opportunity to, to go in and answer a few of their questions, help them uh, in a new direction and adopt different way of thinking and and some new habits so for those wanting to check out eliza's instagram her handle is shakti fresh that is s-h-a-k-t-i-f-r-e-s-h all one word and for those who are looking for a private chef or chef or a meal planner definitely go out and check her website shaktifresheats.com thanks again guys for tuning in i really appreciate your time as always, and if you do have a spare minute or two, it'd be great if you can head on over to iTunes or wherever you do listen to the podcast, leave a review and a rating. Uh, that always helps to get the message out and, and get these episodes into more people's headphones. Thanks again. Looking forward to speaking to you all again next week.